Thanks, Savannah. Okay, let's talk about your hair. Not not you, Savannah, but like everyone else in the audience who might be losing their hair. That that happens to people all the time. If you are at the point now where the first thing you notice when you stand in front of the mirror is the hair that's falling out of your head, well, you might want to go with Keeps. Uh, Keeps can make sure that that, I don't know, doesn't happen. It's a crazy idea. Keeps offers the same doctor-recommended FDA-approved hair loss treatments um, but they're the generic versions. They're only going to cost you like half of the other versions. And you'll also love that you can do everything online. You answer a few easy questions, snap a few pictures of your hair, and a licensed doctor will review your info and recommend the right hair loss treatment for you. They ship it right to your door. So, you know, you don't have to worry about going out and getting everything. It's all easy. It's discreet. It's exactly what you need. Uh, hair loss is a sensitive subject, but with Keeps, you can keep everything discreet and fight hair loss at the same time. Go to keeps.com slash save. You'll get a special discount there. They're going to give you 50% off your first order of hair loss treatments. K-E-E-P-S dot com slash save. Keeps.com slash save for 50% off your first order of hair loss treatments. Keep your hair. Uh, Glenn is on the road today. He is with us, however, to host the fantastic radio program that's just about to begin. We start in about 10 seconds. Yesterday, I left the show about half an hour early, and I didn't say anything about it because I had to board a plane. I had been flying all day yesterday and uh, last night, and about 70 minutes ago, I was flying over a moonscape, sand that doesn't look really like sand, it doesn't look welcoming at all. It looks hostile to all life. We are in the Middle East, the Nazarene Fund. And uh, I'll bring you the latest updates in 60 seconds. You know, just because you're paranoid doesn't mean people aren't out to get you. What? I'm just saying. Isn't that how the old saying goes? Unfortunately, it's not entirely untrue. Cyber criminals are there to get you. They are. And they don't care if you're paranoid or not. In fact, they prefer that you're not. Uh, What they do care about is not getting caught, which is why they would tell you absolutely under no circumstances should you you ever get LifeLock. I say do it anyway. No sense making it easy to steal your identity. It's important to understand how cybercrime and identity theft are affecting our lives. And every day we put our information at risk on the Internet. And that's what the cyber criminals are counting on. LifeLock will detect a wide range of identity threats and they'll work with you to fix the problems if your data ends up getting compromised because nobody can stop everything. It's an onslaught. 
Protect what's yours with LifeLock by Norton. Join now and save 25% off your first year at LifeLock.com with the promo code BACK. 1-800-LIFELOCK or head to LifeLock.com. Use the promo code BACK for 25% off. Hello from a secret location in the Middle East. The reason why I say it's a secret location, uh, where I am... Nobody involved and in not, I mean, not the Nazarene Fund. I mean, no one involved in, in helping wants anyone to know where we are in the Middle East. Um, everyone is afraid of reprisals from terrorists. This would not have happened just a few short years ago. Uh, the Middle East was going through peace and was starting to uh, have a handle on terror. Now, Everyone, everyone in the Middle East is afraid. And this region is collapsing, uh, and so is, so are the gates of Kabul and the airport. And today I bring you, when I boarded the plane yesterday, I had high hopes because things were beginning to move. Uh, then the plane that I got onto, and I have to tell you, we have to thank uh, Kenneth Copeland Ministries for uh, lending us uh, his plane. I didn't want to spend any money. We have a large crew coming with us, and I didn't want to spend any money from the Nazarene Fund uh, so we could be here. So I'm paying for everything out of my personal pocket, and Kenneth Copeland has uh, graciously taking care of the plane. I will tell you, it's, it was pretty amazing. Um, Ross Perot, he said, if my plane wasn't out uh, in another part of the world right now, uh, I would have loved to have been there and helped. There were a lot of people that have helped and are, are praying for these people here in the Middle East. When I left yesterday, um, we were getting, I think, four planes now. I'm trying to recall. I, I just just got a five, five planes. Five planes. Uh, I just um, arrived about an hour ago. I'm a little discombobulated. And where we're broadcasting from uh, is like a little apartment. And we have right in front, they followed us from the airport, two giant black vans, blacked out windows, um, uh, police lights. I'm sure it's for our safety. I'm sure that's what it is. Uh, but they are uh, following us from the airport and, and parked right in front of where we are. Uh, we weren't told we were going to have any security uh, for our safety. But lo and behold, there it is. The region is... Um, unsure. They don't know what's coming next, what's coming tomorrow, what is even going to happen at the end of the day. It's um, late afternoon here in the Middle East, and last night we had to land in uh, Ireland to pick up some more fuel, and the plane didn't have any Wi-Fi, so I've been disconnected since uh, 11.30 Eastern time yesterday morning. And we downloaded everything we could 
uh, at about oh, I don't even know what the, I don't even know what time zone it was or what time in the middle of the night sometime or another. We downloaded and we noticed things had greatly changed. And the reason why they changed, as I piece it together, is our CIA director decided to meet with the Taliban yesterday. And when the CIA director met with the Taliban, he decided that he could meet the Taliban's demands, which I think is very good and gracious of the United States uh, that will meet those Taliban demands. And so last night, in the middle of the night, we got word that um, we are going to begin pulling out, uh, and already some of our troops have begun pulling out today, and our troops will be out of there by se in 72 hours. Meanwhile, there are people standing in a river of sewage around the airport, holding up passports, holding up paperwork. They were promised that if they got to the airport, they would be taken. They're at the gates. The United States doesn't look like we're going to honor any of that. I just got this from Barry Loudermilk. He wrote, uh, an hour ago, this message was passed to me from the military person in Kabul at the airport who's been helping people get admitted. This is what they wrote. We're out of time. The gates are pretty much closing or have closed. We're down to the wire. I'd say they need get away from here so the Taliban and ISIS don't round them up and kill them. There is no way for the military to process and move any more people, especially with the given deadlines. As I read it, this means there's no way for the U.S. mission to get any more people out by, October, uh, by uh, August 31st. There's no one else coming out except those who have already been admitted. I'm not saying what anyone else should do, but I wanted to pass this information along in case it was helpful to anyone else. Uh, they later wrote back and said, the closure may not be permanent. The closure may be temporary, according to another source. But we don't know. It is, um, it is disheartening when we look at the fact that just outside of the gates, we had 200 women judges. Tell me another place in the Middle East where judges are women. Where is the National Organization of Women, by the way? Where are all these organizations that claim to care so much about people? Why are they not pushing and putting pressure on the Biden administration? And you know why? You know why they're not doing it? Because they don't care. They don't stand for anything. I saw somebody write a nasty tweet to me. It said, oh, well, if you care so much about the women and children, I bet you were down at the border. Yes, as a matter of fact, I was. Yes, I was. Well, now we're so very concerned about who comes across our border. I got news for you. If we can get our hands on those 200 judges, women judges, who are marked for death because the men that they put in jail, 
they put in jail for beating up their wife or being a part of terror. If the United States of America keeps hindering, we have to have the State Department's uh, uh, help on allowing these people to go someplace else. The entire system is breaking down because the State Department refuses to give these people any permission to go to any other country. We have had uh, commitments from several different countries, Western countries, not America. Not America, of course not. We can't take Christians in America. We'll take anybody. We'll take you get to the border, we'll take anybody. But we can't take vetted Christians who are marked for death. No, 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 that's too dangerous. And in fact, our State Department now won't assist and just give the paperwork, just do the basic paperwork that says, yes, this is an American group. They're not human smuggling. They're allowed to cross the border. They're allowed to go into this next country. Yes, they won't even do that. Why, I wonder, why? Barry Loudermilk is uh, with us. I just got him on the phone. Thank you, Barry, for, for um, answering so quickly and, and coming on the program. I don't understand my country anymore, Barry. I don't know what is happening to our country. And this is an abomination. It, it absolutely is. The president has sided with our enemy over American people. They're... they're shutting down early because of the fear of ISIS when the previous president pretty much annihilated ISIS. And now we're running from him and we're negotiating with terrorists to give us permission to get our people out. This is not the America that I know. And I, man, my heart is breaking for all of those people there. My office has been working tirelessly to try to get people out the American citizens, those Christians who have been in there doing God's work undercover, and we're abandoning them. And I'm also, my heart is breaking for those military guys, 82nd Airborne, the guys who have committed their lives to uh, freeing people from oppression and defending liberty. And their mottos have has always been, look, we're not going to leave any of ours behind. And they're now being told by their commander in chief, you have to abandon your mission and you have to leave Americans there. This is going to cause Barry, there serious is, problems for a lot of those guys. There, are you kidding me? God bless those guys. Um, Barry, is there anything that Congress and the Senate can do? Is there any kind I, of... I mean, this is craziness. It is. And, you know, Nancy Pelosi calls us back in Monday night not to deal with this issue. Not to not to do anything to help the Americans stranded, but to pass her five trillion dollar left socialist spending bill. And then she even she, because so many people are upset she's doing this, Democrats don't even want to vote for it. She has to do an underhanded scheme to get it passed by putting a, a procedural motion on the floor that has language that says we're just going to deem the budget passed. That way they don't actually have to vote for it. This is how low. Our leadership has gotten. There are some things that Congress could do, but constitutionally, he is the commander in chief. He commands the, the military. 
But if, you know, uh, we have impeachment options, we have, uh, you know, the, uh, enacting the 25th Amendment option. But what do you get after that? Vice President Harris, who won't address any any of this when she's asked about it by the media, she laughs and then she jumps on a plane and goes scurrying out across across the, the, uh, the world and won't even address it. This is an epic failure, a disaster that's going to affect uh, America worldwide for decades. Really is amazing. We're talking to uh, Barry Loudermilk. Uh, Barry, what are what are the prospects going forward? Do, are we are we appropriately uh, addressing uh, the the people? who uh, can make it to the airport? Do we have any prospect of removing these people by the 31st? And, uh, you know, is the 31st, I keep hearing this is Joe Biden's deadline. It certainly seems like it's the Taliban's deadline. Oh, it's Taliban's and, and, and Joe Biden's just caving to their demands. Look, I mean, you, the, the Department of Defense, they answer to the commander-in-chief. They answer to Joe Biden. And I can sense the meetings we had with them, they are frustrated. They know that we need to extend this deadline. They know that we don't need to have the, uh, the, the, the State Department running this whole thing. It needs to be a DOD operation, but they are frustrated to all ends. And no, there's not enough time. I mean, 36 hours, that's, that's not ample time to get all the Americans out, much less all of those that assisted us. And we're just going to walk away and we're going to abandon them and we're going to leave it up to organizations like like what you guys are doing, mm. which becomes infinitely more difficult when you don't have the, the American military there and you don't have allies on the ground. You don't have active intelligence going on. This is this is, in my mind, merging on being a traitor against the United States of America. Mm. That's it's an amazing thing to have to say. Uh, uh, we have uh, Barry Loudermilk with us. We have to take a quick 60 second break. Back in just a minute. American Financing, NMLS 182334, www.nmlsconsumeraccess.org. Let's face it. Saving money is where it's at. At least that's what all the cool kids are doing these days. The ones that want to still be standing after the government gets done running our economy with a steamroller. But what can you do? Well, there's always living within your means. That's a good place to start. Don't spend money that you don't have. But there's also saving money. And most people think, I can't save any more money. Well, that one is a little harder. But wouldn't it be great if you could make a 10-minute phone call and there'd be a team of people whose whole goal is to look for ways for you to save money? Well, there is. It's called American Financing. And they've been helping people like you for over 20 years. Whether it's refinancing your mortgage at a lower interest rates or maybe even help consolidate your debts into a single loan so you can get out from under the high interest rates, American financing could save you hundreds of dollars a month, maybe as much as $1,000. Call American financing now at 800-906-2440 or go to AmericanFinancing.net. 10 seconds, station ID. Uh, we're back here uh, with Glenn in uh, away somewhere far, and uh, Barry Loudermilk is is with us. Glenn, are you hearing us uh, now? We're we're having some connection issues. 
Yeah, I, I can hear you. Okay. Um, all right. I'm not sure if Glenn is back with us here, but uh, if we could just uh, maybe take one more stab at this, because I cannot understand what position our military troops are in. I feel like I've talked to thousands of them over the years, Barry, and they all would indicate to me that what they would want to do is get get off of this airport and get these people from the city and bring them and remove them from the country and they're being prevented from doing that uh, have you talked to anyone on the ground in the military and what are the, what's the morale of the troops right now well i haven't uh, talked to anybody that's in the military who's on the ground right there you know they're we want to keep them focused on on doing their mission right now but i did uh put together um a, a group of veterans uh, this last Saturday just opened it up to veterans, thinking we're going to get you know a lot of Afghan veterans come in and talk to us about you know what are what are they feeling. The majority of the ones that uh, that came, I, I'm a veteran of the Desert Storm conflict. We had a couple of guys from Desert Storm, but the majority were Vietnam veterans, and and they are being very affected by this because they're reliving Saigon. And that the yep. feelings that they had when they they were forced to walk away from a war they had been fighting and leaving people behind. And I mean, it was they were very emotional. There was a lot of tears. Um, and, you know, these guys on the ground, they're focused on doing a mission that they were trained to do, that they swore an oath to do. And now they're told you have to turn your back and run. So, Barry, can I, may I ask you, we have a very short period of time. Uh, sorry, the, we lost the connection earlier. Um, <clears throat> we only have about 40 seconds. Have you looked into the State Department and what the State Department is doing? They have run this thing into the ground and been an obstacle every step of the way. They, they, absolutely. And, you know, working with, with you and, and some other folks, trying to find what is the problem? What can we do in my office to help? I mean, my office is working day and night trying to get some people out of there. But we're just getting crickets out of the State Department. It's, it's like, hey, we know what we're doing. You don't matter. Go away. And some of the things that are reasonable that you're asking for, like the diplomatic letters to get people across the border, they're not even responding. And this should be simple, something easy to do. And it's, it, it's incompetence. It's putting politics above people. It's unbelievable. Somebody needs to be held responsible. Barry, thank you so much for all of your help and your office's help. We have many congressmen, many senators. Find out if your senator is on board and uh, calling the State Department and saying, where are you? Where are you? Calling the administration and asking how come nobody can get anyone on the phone for the basic assistance? This is the Glenn Beck Program. So you want your kids to know about the truth. You want to know why socialism is bad. Why you can't think like the collective. Why individual responsibility is so important. Why the free market works. You have to inoculate them from all of the crap that they're going to bring home from school. The best way to do that is to teach them in an effective way exactly who we are, where we came from, why we made the decisions we made. You will find these in the Tuttle Twins books. Tuttle Twins. It's a series of books 
for all ages. I want you to find them for your kids and your grandkids. You can find the teenage uh, versions, young adult versions. And quite honestly, there's so much stuff in these that I think a lot of our parents need to know this as well. TuttleTwinsBeck.com. You'll get 35% off. They'll even throw in all of the activity books for free. It's TuttleTwinsBeck.com. Thank you so much for all of your help with rescuing people in Afghanistan. The Nazarenefund.org is the place to go. The Nazarenefund.org. This is the Glenn Beck program. Today I'm live from the Middle East um, in uh, one of the countries that is kind of command and control of what is going on in Kabul. Um, we have uh, greeted, I just, I just landed about an hour and a half ago, uh, so I'm a little discombobulated. I left during the show yesterday, uh, and we've been flying throughout the night to be able to get here. Uh, it is now late in the afternoon, and uh, <clears throat> it is, uh, it's a mess. It's an absolute mess. The good news is people have gotten out. Um, the... The U.S. citizens and those with, uh, you know, what they say, blue passports, uh, those who uh, also have letters allowing them to get in, many of those people were sitting on the tarmac, and now they are are leaving the tarmac and getting into uh, C, uh, what is it, C1, what are they, 141s? The the, uh, transport planes. And the United States is saying that really, if you're not at the airport now, you're not really going to get to go. And they're asking for people to back up from the gate um, because they've pretty much given the gates over to the Taliban and to uh, ISIS. And people have been trying to get through the gate with their blue passport, and they can't. Now, the United States government is denying all of this. Uh, but let me give you this from a CBS reporter. In one of the one of the more strange uh, communications from CBS I've ever seen, a uh, CBS reporter says, I just got off a video call with a U.S. citizen, a woman housing multiple women and children in her home. Some are very young. Others are physically disabled. I saw them all on a video. She said she has tried multiple times with her blue passport and can't get to the airport. That's true. Those things are happening right now. Citizens cannot get to the airport. Uh, Then somebody on this Twitter feed said you should contact Glenn Beck of the Nazarene Fund. They have planes. Um, And somebody said planes are useless when people can't get to the airport. Yes, indeed, that's true. That's why we also have helicopters. They said, the next person uh, tweeted, uh, dad of Queens, uh, they have groups that are getting them to the airport as well. The Nazarene Fund is amazing. Misty said, he said today the State Department was tanking their efforts. That's when the CBS reporter said, guys, none of this is true. As dad of Queens responded and didn't get one from CBS News, Are you talking about the State Department blocking or that the Nazarene Fund isn't doing what they're saying they're doing? 
Well, I am here to testify to you, in fact, be a witness, and that's one of the reasons why I'm here, to be a witness to history. Let me play the video here, um, if you can play that video that I sent you from the tarmac of Kabul. There are the transport planes, and you see the people that the United States government is taking in, lining up to get onto those planes. And lo and behold, you start to see another, a couple of other uh, commercial jets. And this one is our Airbus taking in women and children. So I don't know what part of all of this is a lie, but that was taken from my team on the ground in Kabul. We'd like to get more people out, uh, but uh, we're not getting any help from the State Department. And it is obscene what the State Department is doing. Right now, you have the system collapsing on the, uh, the outside. Okay, you can take these people who are in the Kabul airport. Um, we can't help you get anybody through the gate because, ooh, ooh, Taliban and ISIS. And I guess we're now afraid of them. But uh, by the way, where are you going to fly that plane? Because they're not giving us documentation for these people. We've, we've vetted them. We know who they are. And there's nowhere to take them because they are blocking the countries from taking them. They won't give them. You know, I told you a story the other day of uh, Raoul Wallenberg. Raoul Wallenberg is a great American hero, except he's not American. He's Swedish, but he's an American hero. We asked him to do something. And then what a surprise. We abandoned him. We asked him to just report on what was going on over in, um, I think it was Prague. I can't remember exactly. It's a little fuzzy this morning. Uh, but it was in World War II, and we wanted to know Budapest. We wanted to know what was going on with the Germans and the Jews. Well, he got there, and he saw what was going on. And he, they were loading them on trains to bring them to death camps, and they were liquidating all of these people. And so what did he do? He started issuing what's called a Schutz Pass. He, against the king of Sweden, he started issuing Schutz Passes, which said, this person is now under the protection of the king of Sweden, and they are Swedish citizens. Nobody in the world wanted Jews. The Nazis were in Sweden. The king called Raoul Wallenberg and said, what are you doing? You're going to get us all killed. He said, you want me to stop? You're going to have to come here and stop me myself. These are people. We can't get the State Department to issue our own Schutz passes anymore. But I have a little, I have a little surprise for the... Um, for the Secretary of State and the State Department. I have the airplanes. I have the money. I will tell you right now, all of these refugees have been spoken for by countries all over the world, except for the United States. The United States won't take people who are Christians. We'll take everybody else, but not these Christians. Not these people who, as we told you yesterday, we had a phone call from a 
fantastic woman who has already saved girls from Afghanistan. And she said, I have 200 female judges, and they're all marked for death because they put uh, their life on the line by sentencing men to prison. And then the Taliban opened up all the prison. And so who do you think they want to get? That woman who dare put me in jail and tell me what I had to do. She's a woman. So 200 of these judges, including uh, the um, uh, judges of the Supreme Court. I don't know. I think they should. Uh, I think they should have a country to go to. Now we have several countries. We have the United Kingdom. We have Australia. We have several in the Middle East. But we can't get the State Department shuts pass, huh? So the State Department. I'm just. I just want you to know, because I know. I know you like law and order. I know you like to do things the right way. And so if you don't want to issue, you know, the papers so these people can go to other countries, I understand that. Um, That's why I will fill up these planes and I will fly them to Mexico. And these 200 female judges... And the Christians, the families, the moms, the children, they'll all deplane someplace in Mexico. And then I'll walk them across the border because that's the only way, apparently, you can come in legally to America. So I'll just walk them across the border and don't you dare think I won't do it. All the State Department has to do is just allow the paperwork to go through so these people can be resettled everywhere in the world in countries that want them. America doesn't want them. That's fine. Then stop being like the Nazis. Let them go someplace else. I tell you, I feel exactly like the people must have felt when they were just, when they had the means, when they had the money, when they had the angles, when they had everything to get them out. And the Nazis wouldn't let them go. Why? Because they wanted to kill them. Well, that's exactly what the Taliban is doing to these people. The Taliban is going to kill these people. We have the airplanes. We have the countries that want to take them. We have the money to get them there. What the hell is the problem? The State Department. Why? Why? These uh, judges are, they were at the gate yesterday. They've left the gate now. Because we couldn't get them through. Huh. They're going elsewhere. We're going to get them out or we're going to die trying. And State Department, Joe Biden administration, you have set the world on fire. 
on fire. You have destroyed our credibility. Now England is leaving before we get out of there because we're getting out of here. We're pulling troops out now. We're starting to pull our troops. When has the United States ever pulled troops out before the job was done? When? When? When has the United States left people behind? Can you help me out on that? Oh, it's probably Vietnam when we left people behind last time. That's right. I remember the POW camps. I remember wearing the bracelets of the people who we think left, we left behind. Yeah, that was a really proud moment. Don't think I won't do it. Because I will. And I know it would probably be very unpopular with my listeners. But these are people. These are Christians. These are educated women. And by God, I will walk them across the border. If you don't allow us to take them elsewhere, to countries that want them, there's something wrong with you people in Washington, D.C. Something deeply, deeply unsettling. You didn't, you're not doing the job, so the American people are doing the job. Get the hell out of our way. About her dog's experience with Rough Green, she said, I ordered Rough Greens a few weeks ago while listening to Glenn Beck on the Blaze. If his dog loved it, I was sure mine would too. She said, my four-year-old dachshund Parker loved it right away. I put it in his bowl and he lapped it up, much to my surprise. Quinn, my 14-year-old shepherd boxer mix, was a bit more reluctant and didn't seem enthusiastic at first. But I kept sprinkling it on her food daily, and after a week, she eagerly was awaiting it in the morning and now gobbling it down. I have noticed a definite increase in energy in both of the dogs. Thank you so much. Angela, you're welcome. I'm glad you uh, took my uh, challenge and, and fed it to your dogs. You just wait. Give them a couple of months. You'll see your dog's really change rough greens r-u-f-f greens.com slash beck just get a free bag of rough greens a little trial sample bag that you can try out for a week with your dog just to make sure that they'll eat it you just pay for shipping it's rough greens.com slash beck or call 833-GLEN-33 833-GLEN-33 the glenn beck program This is the Glenn Beck Program. Wall Street Journal has just done an article, uh, brings up a few points that I would like to make sure we clarify. They don't mention us, but um, there's there's questions now from the Wall Street Journal. Apparently, uh, they're charging, some organizations are charging people to get on the planes. We are not charging anyone to get on the planes. And um, the, uh, the refugees that get on, it's absolutely no cost to them. Uh, all of our planes leave with every single seat full. We haven't flown any plane that didn't have every seat filled. Uh, and right now, we're worried that this might stop, the uh, flights might stop as early as Friday. Um, we're doing everything that we can 
to, uh, to stop all of this. But we, are, again, are being thwarted. Let me give you two stories. One just came in. Uh, Glenn, a family found, um, I can't tell you which family, found a new gate after the other gate was not allowing anyone to go in. Nazarene Fund was not able to bring them in, so a family tried on their own to go through the gate, and a CIA stopped them. They held them for about 30 or 40 minutes and released them back outside. We're working hard now to get three to 7,000 Christians already at the airport, ready to go and coordinate with our State Department for the planes to take off and land uh, these other missions, um, but it is hard to do currently. Um, then let me give you one more. We have um, uh, a former CIA officer organized a rescue of 500 Afghani interpreters and other special visa holders. They made it to the airport. They were turned around and kicked out by the State Department. I'd like to know who is in charge of the State Department. Every time we've been asking for the last three days, we can't get an answer. The senators that we have called cannot get an answer. Who is running this operation for the State Department and why are they turning away people with blue passports and special visas? Why are they not being let in through the gate? More in a minute live from the Middle East. Hello, America, and uh, welcome to the program. Today, live from the Middle East. I am not allowed to tell you where I am, uh, but we are deep in the Middle East and uh, overseeing some of the operations of the Nazarene Fund, and hopefully I will be able to bring personal um, experiences as we meet and greet some of these people that are coming through. However, some of the countries that are taking them just to get them off the tarmac, they're being thwarted by the State Department. I wanted to talk to Richard Grinnell because he used to be the director of national intelligence. Uh, and uh, that was the guy who was supposed to oversee the CIA and, and everybody. And I, I don't know if he knows, but I would like to know, is this all Biden? Is this a plan? What's happening to our State Department? What is the military doing? Who are we anymore? Richard Grinnell joins us in 60 seconds. The Glenn Beck Program. Man, I wish everything was as easy as doing business with Blinds.com. Seriously, uh, especially this week. Holy cow, is the world overcomplicated right now. Let me tell you, if you're working with Blinds.com and you're ordering any kind of window treatment, that's blind, shade, shutters, drapes, anything. It is so easy. They know what they're doing. They can walk you through everything, or they can even do everything for you. It's just perfect. Plus, right now, they're offering up to 35% off of everything, so you can upgrade any room, indoors or out. And with over 25 million blinds sold, Blinds.com, they know how to make it easy. 
They know how to get those custom window treatments that are perfect for your house. With free shipping and 100% guarantee perfect fit, sunshine and barbecues are still in the forecast. Blinds.com. Join them today and enjoy your new view all summer long and this fall. Don't take my word for it. Visit Blinds.com and save up to 35% off everything. Rules and restrictions may apply. From the Middle East, uh, I I wonder if this would have happened five years ago if uh, I could tell you what country I was in in the Middle East, but nobody wants their name known, not to the rest of the world, but to the Middle East because they are so afraid of reprisals from uh, the Taliban, from now a reconstituted uh, Al-Qaeda and ISIS. And uh, I don't think anybody trusts America anymore. I know I don't recognize my country anymore. It's embarrassing. Richard Grinnell is with us. He was the uh, former director of national intelligence. Uh, And uh, I mean, I just, I love this guy. Richard, how are you, sir? Thanks for having me. I'm really a pleasure to be here. Thank you. What can you tell us on what's going on? You know, it's very frustrating because what, what is really important for our listeners to understand right now is that what is happening was not an intelligence failure. Everyone should feel very good about the fact that the U.S. government, the intelligence officers, uh, the, the people you pay to join the Foreign Service of the United States and go work in our embassies overseas, uh, our military, they reported they saw the rise of the Taliban early. This was being reported in May of this year as out of control, certainly. But even before May, we could uh, see that the Taliban was going to take advantage of the Biden administration. It's important to remember that this was not an intelligence failure, but a political failure. The political class in Washington, D.C. ignored the the warnings. Let me push back on you just to play devil's advocate. Not that I believe any of this, but Biden will say, well, that was just one of many voices. And of course, there were there were voices that said it, you know, but but everybody really said that it was going to be fine. Well, I think uh, the reality is is that that's not true. There were plenty of warnings from state and intelligence officials, and let's just let's just be. Um, Scotty Miller, who was in charge of Bagram, uh, he warned Biden directly and Jake Sullivan directly. I have this uh, as fact. He warned that if you shut down Bagram. And you take away the 2,500 troops, you will quickly have 5,000 NATO troops follow you in leaving. This will be a disaster. The Taliban will see this as their opportunity, and you won't be able to respond. Now, look, in, in the Trump administration, let's remember, Glenn, that on January 20th of this year, Donald Trump handed Joe Biden a stable Afghanistan, a functioning embassy at U.S. Embassy Kabul, and a Taliban that was deathly afraid of getting bombed if they took over a city. 
the, the problem is not talking to the Taliban. The problem comes in in what the Taliban hears. And what the Taliban heard under Donald Trump is we cannot reconstitute. We cannot go forward and take over a city. We will get bombed. And obviously, once Joe Biden took office, the Taliban completely had a different calculus. They did not hear that. They started to take city by city and nothing happened that encouraged them to take over the whole country. Our troops were withdrawn before we evacuated the embassy. Look, I don't say this lightly, but for a secretary of state to sit in cabinet meetings and allow the military to leave Afghanistan before State Department employees are evacuated, that is abandoning State Department officials, foreign service officers, good Americans. We should not allow this to happen. The Secretary of State should resign in disgrace for allowing the military troops to leave before we evacuated the embassy. The foreign service officers in these embassies, they don't carry guns. They're looking for political solutions. They're doing applications for immigrants who want to get out. These are frontline workers for the United States of America and pushing our good brand. They don't have guns. They are not equipped in a hostile situation. They should be protected. Otherwise, if they're not going to be protected, they should be evacuated. And they weren't. This is shameful. I've spent 10 years so, at the State Department, and I'm outraged that this happened to the State Department employees. Richard, I, I don't understand what's happening at the State Department. We have, we have planes on the ground, the Nazarene Fund, which is a charity that um, I started years ago. Um, it has become this very, very competent charity. We operate all over the world. We have now, as of today, I think we're $3,000 shy of $30 million. We have all the planes. We have very competent people working in Kabul with the generals and everybody at the airport. At the airport. Um, we have the ability to move thousands of people, but we can't get the State Department to do anything. Everything with the State Department is like pulling teeth. And now they're not giving the, I don't remember what it is, but the, the permission for these other countries to take these people. We have countries that want to take these people, and they won't give us any of the documentation, any of the work. They're all fully vetted everything. What is happening? Well, let me tell you one thing that's happening is that the, the paperwork processing and a lot of the language skills for the State Department are done by what we call local employed staff. LES is, the, is, is how they call it. And the locally employed staff are Afghans. They have now been told by the Taliban that they cannot leave the country. They will be targeted because they worked for the American embassy. These people are in grave danger. And the State Department has not allowed them, the locally employed staff who, has, who have worked with Americans for decades, to not be evacuated. The Taliban is not letting them out, and the U.S. military, the Biden administration, is not demanding that these locally employed folks uh, get evacuated. So they are in hiding, Glenn. Their lives are now in danger. 
We do not have a functioning embassy. And people are outraged by this. When the military leaves, you can't expect the State Department to stay in a hostile zone. Who's responsible for this? Well, Who's pulling all, the strings think, at the State Department? I, I blame uh, Secretary Blinken's weakness for not standing up in a, in a cabinet meeting. I've been in cabinet meetings, and it's a lively discussion, and decisions are being made. And if you are not at the table defending your agency, then you are doing a disservice to your employees. Clearly... Secretary Blinken and Wendy Sherman, the Deputy Secretary of State, allowed these decisions to be made where the military would be evacuated and their State Department employees would not be taken care of. How, how is that possible? I have no idea. But we do know when you talk about strings being pulled, we do know that when Susan Rice was the National Security Advisor for Barack Obama, her two deputies... One was Tony Blinken, our current Secretary of State, and the other was Avery Haines, our current Director of National Intelligence. Both the intelligence agencies and the State Department are led by Susan Rice deputies. Susan Rice is pulling the strings. She has the title of Domestic Policy Advisor. No one in America believes she's working on Medicare policy. What is what what is it that we can do? Uh, you know, I've talked to so many senators and congressmen, and they're all screaming bloody murder. What, what is it that we can do? Um, because once the once they leave office, I mean, sorry, once they leave the airport, all these people are going to be slaughtered, Richard, just slaughtered. It, it is. Americans are going to be. Uh, held hostage if we don't get this right. And I, I think that what we can do, it, first of all, we have very poor choices right now. We are in a corner. We have a variety of really bad... But wait, 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 wait. If I'm president of the United States and you come in to me and this is going on, I say, I'm going to airlift, you know, 10,000 Marines and I'm going to clear that damn area out and get our people out. Isn't that an option? That is absolutely an option. That's a dangerous option, but it is an option that I think we have to look at uh, because all resources should be used, the U.S. government resources, to get Americans out. Um, my, my point is we're in a very bad situation with terrible options. Uh, which are forcing our hand to go in and in a messy situation, try to clear areas in order to get to the Americans. This is causing our American men and women who work in the military to go into an unnecessary conflict zone. They shouldn't be uh, having to, to, to do this. And yet we find ourselves in this situation. But I think okay, what okay. we have to be able to do is articulate very clearly as people who have access to the media and, and social media, everybody on this hearing our voices needs to articulate, get the Americans home and get them home soon. Okay, Richard, can you hold with me for just five more minutes? Because uh, yeah. I, I, I want to... I want to put you in that briefing room 
and I'm the president of the United States, and I want you to advise me and tell me what you would be telling the president today. Back in one minute. <sighs> American Financing, NMLS, 182334, www.nmlsconsumeraccess.org. If you're a homeowner and you're fiscally responsible, you probably spent a fair amount of time looking for ways to lower your monthly costs, and that undoubtedly looks like not spending beyond your means. And some of it might look like a lower interest rate on some things like your mortgage or your credit card debt. Well, the best way you can possibly find out if you can save money, and I'm talking hundreds of dollars a month, maybe even as much as $1,000 a month, is if you get a free mortgage review from American Financing. It'll take you about 10 minutes. They'll look in to see if debt consolidation might work for you. Um, maybe just even getting just a lower mortgage rate on your house without resetting your loan. No pressure, no upfront fees, no hidden fees, just the best possible customer service from a group of people who love nothing more than see people like you succeed. This is a small family operated, family owned business that I've known and been in business with for almost 20 years now. It's American financing. See what they could do for you now. It's American financing. Dot net 800-906-2440, 800-906-2440, AmericanFinancing.net. 10 seconds, station ID. An update from yesterday's broadcast on those 200 female judges, including Supreme Court justices, uh, in Afghanistan that we have promised to help get out of Afghanistan. An update on that. I am in a um, in a undisclosed uh, Middle Eastern uh, nation today, broadcasting um, and uh, bringing you all of the details that we can as the Nazarene Fund is doing all we can it, just to get our planes off the ground. We can we can load so many people. Uh, we can have these planes turned around every 30 minutes, but we can't get the State Department to help us. Now, Richard, I'm, I'm going to put myself in the role of a you know, really scary president, I think, for most people. I'll put myself <laughs> in president. You're, you're the advisor. And uh, coming at this, the first thing I would say to you is, Richard, I am smoking mad at the, um, uh, at the State Department. Are you telling me that this isn't the State Department's fault? This is the military's fault? Well, if you're the president and we're in this situation, first I'm going to say, no, sir, it's your fault. You have made really <laughs> poor choices. Uh, if this was Donald Trump, I wouldn't have to be in this position. But le let's just say that it's a generic president, because I'm not going to be working for Joe Biden. But let's say that it's a generic president and uh, and and we found ourselves in the situation. I would go in and I would say, Mr. President, you must instruct the Secretary of Defense immediately to do whatever it takes to airlift Americans out immediately. Send as many planes in as you can, both at Bagram and at the Kabul airport. I don't buy any of this that we can't land in Bagram. You can tell the Taliban we're landing and we're going to bomb anybody that comes close to our planes. And then you instruct the Secretary of State to get all of the Americans to either place, and you make sure that we have an accurate list 
of everybody who is an American and who has been approved, and they will get out either through Kabul or through Bagram. How do you support that? Because we're not alone in trying to get people out. How do you support those private organizations that are also trying to get people out? Well, look, it's the Americans first at this point. You've got to get the Americans out. If you're an American, if you have an American passport, uh, or you are a locally employed staff member with an American ID, American government-issued ID, then you will be on that list and that you can get out. The, by the way, I don't buy any of this. Secretary Blinken doesn't know the exact number. Of course, he knows the exact number. It's hard to know how many Americans are in Germany, but it's really easy to know how many Americans are in a conflict zone like Afghanistan. People don't move to Afghanistan as Americans and not stay connected to the embassy. That's just right. not reality. How many are we going to leave behind, Richard, the way we're going now? I pray to God every day, zero, because if we leave anyone behind, that is a hostage situation. And again, this is, I don't understand how the Secretary of State of the United States could sit in cabinet meetings and allow these decisions to unfold, leaving Americans behind. This is, this is the job of the Secretary of State. And Let me, I, I can tell you that, that the Foreign Service, I've worked at the State Department for 10 years. I know many Foreign Service officers who voted for Joe Biden, who are furious with what is happening at the State Department. There are calls for, for Secretary of State Blinken and Deputy Secretary of State Wendy Sherman to resign in disgrace from the Foreign Service. These people are outraged that they are being tagged as sloppy or bureaucratic or unable to do their jobs. Richard, we have about 40, 30, 40 seconds to answer this. How badly damaged is our relationship with Great Britain and Germany and France, all of our allies? Well, look, I have to say, as knowing Chancellor Merkel uh, fairly well, uh, negotiating with her for a long time, they wanted Joe Biden. The international community wanted Joe Biden. They wanted a United States that wasn't heavy handed and didn't lead yeah, got it. and allowed them to do what they wanted. And so, you know, they've made this bet in some ways. They helped elect Joe Biden. Hmm. Richard Grinnell, former acting director of uh, national intelligence. Always great to talk to you, sir. sir. Stay safe. Thank you. This is the Glenn Beck Program. Right now, we have an administration that can't even be bothered to get its own citizens out of a dangerous country. Let me tell you about one group you can count on. It's AMAC, the Association of Mature American Citizens. It's a seniors group that now has over 2 million members strong, and it's growing. And this is why it's so important. They believe in the Constitution. They fight for the First Amendment, Second Amendment, all of the amendments, even the Third Amendment, believe it or not. They fight for all of them. They believe in national security and sovereignty over unchecked borders. They believe in the sanctity of life. And they have a full-time presence in Washington. And there is strength in numbers. We've got to stand together. As Franklin said, we better all hang together or we'll hang separately. AMAC. Their membership comes with a wealth of benefits and discounts and with an advocacy group unlike any other. Join AMAC for the advocacy, the benefits, and the information. 
Most importantly, join because America needs you. We need to stand together. AMAC, A-M-A-C dot U-S slash Beck. AMAC dot U-S slash Beck. Head over to blazetv.com slash Glenn. Promo code is Glenn. You'll save 10 bucks off your subscription to Blaze TV. This is the Glenn Beck program. Uh, I am live from the Middle East. Um, not far from where everything is happening, relatively speaking. And, uh, we are um, we're working day and night to make sure that everything is buttoned up and taken care of. By the way, just because I, I want to make sure that your money is, we view your money as sacred money. It's like tithing to me. Um, none, of the, uh, none of my travels or my team's travels, none of it is paid for by the Nazarene Fund. I insisted it, not a single meal, not a not a cupcake, and yes, there will be cupcakes on this trip. Um, uh, everything is paid for uh, by me personally, and uh, I can't thank the Kenneth Copeland Ministries enough for lending us their plane uh, to get us over here. We I left the show yesterday um, at um, in the last half hour of the show, just kind of disappeared, and. Um, reappeared about 60 minutes before this broadcast today. We got off the plane. I can't say where I am in the Middle East um, just for security reasons, but mainly because the countries that are dealing with refugees don't want anyone to know that they're dealing with the refugees because they are afraid of other countries um, uh, threatening violence on them. This is a really touchy situation, and there is absolutely no leadership from the United States. Yesterday, uh, I talked to Alison Renault and left the conversation with, okay, let's see if we can help. Let me get an update now from Alison Renault. She's the woman in Oklahoma who is just remarkable, who just won't take no for an answer. She is the one who helped rescue the Afghan all-girls robotic team and uh, brought 10 girls into safety. And now there are 200 judges. These include Supreme Court justices. I mean, imagine anywhere in the Middle East, a female judge. Well, they had them in Afghanistan and all of them are in hiding now because of, um, you know, they were the ones that put these guys in prison, which the Taliban just opened. And a female judge is not gonna make it in a Taliban world. So we told um, Allison yesterday, we have an airplane. Where are they? Allison, give us an update on what's happened in the last 24 hours. Hi, Glenn. Thanks for having me on the show. And God bless Kenneth Copeland yeah. for allowing you to use their plane. He's the one that taught me yes. not to take no for an answer. So um, <laughs> Good our, for our, you. It's true. Uh, my forces on the ground over there, uh, first of all, we were able to get 15 judges out. Um, we, we don't know exactly how it happened. I can't give you, I'm not at liberty to get any, any, give you any details yet, but there's so many more. And just keep in mind, this is, this has grown. You know, there's 212 judges in hiding, but they all are 
older, so they have two or three kids plus their husbands, and we don't want to leave anybody behind. Sure. So it's quickly grown to 700 not. people. Um, we do have reports that the, uh, the Taliban is about to take out the Internet, which will make our job harder, where there's no communication. Oh, but, um, you know, like I said, we're Americans, and we figure it out. And uh, our, our extraction team on the ground doesn't seem to be phased. They've worked in this area for over 20 years, and they said, we'll, we'll figure it out. Um, also, a report um, that the airport situation is deteriorating extreme. It's becoming extreme. It's been breached as of yesterday by ISIS and um, Taliban, and it's um, it's beca- quickly become Kabul is quickly not becoming an option in any way. However, <laughs> uh, there's more than one way to skin a cat. So, um, not to give away too much strategy, but um, extraction Please team don't. is beginning to prepare what I would call uh, an underground railroad. Um, mm-hmm. and, and we just have to do it a different way. Uh, so we won't be stopped. And, um, we are constantly getting a price for help from these people. They are spending, they're having prayer meetings all night long. Um, just hoping they said their only weapon left is prayer, but you know, we are just keeping their hopes up. And when the United States leaves, we're not done. We're not done. We're not going to abandon these people and we're not going to abandon what our servicemen and women work for. So it's not over when when the u.s pulls out possibly by even by saturday yeah we just have to be uh more resourceful we feel the same the same way allison has my team been in touch with you are we assisting in every way that is helpful to you it's amazing the offer that you gave me for the planes and i did speak to our extraction team i'll just call them our our commandos uh the commandos said um we definitely are going to need those but uh, probably the option of coming out of the Kabul airport may not work. But I'll tell you what, if you have That's any fine. ideas and you have people on the ground uh, that can get them there. But uh, right as you called me, I got, no, a, I, I, I got a text from one yeah, of the we're, we're, yeah. Go ahead. I'm sorry to interrupt. Uh, our time, our delay is so bad. Go ahead. It's okay. Uh, at eight, at 9.30 a.m., uh, the airport is now closed completely to all Afghans. They won't allow them in at all. Uh, she said, we are crying. The Taliban went to the house of a judge. And anyway, um, I won't go into the rest of the details. Uh, but um, it's it's real and it's serious and it's, it's terrorizing. And uh, But but you know what? God, God crushes impossible every day in our lives. And, he, you know, he's not going to run out of miracles. So we're, we're going to continue to work and help these women. And um, I appreciate your interest. And thank you so much for having me on the show. Oh, my gosh. Allison... Uh, we will do anything we can. You know, we're uh, we're all in this together. And I just I just got an email from somebody else. It's another uh, group that is trying to get people out. And we have to put our resources together. We're blessed to have money. We're blessed to have airplanes uh, and operatives. But there are places where you guys might be, or somebody else might be, or they may have a plane someplace where we don't. It doesn't matter. We just have to get these people on a plane and get them That's out. That's exactly what we did with the Afghan girls. We, we just, this lady and I just kept working every angle. We, we didn't care. We weren't in competition. We just, we yeah. kept trying. You know, if India wouldn't open their doors, now can we try here? So, and then suddenly, you know, God makes a way. He is the way maker. So um, um, I'm, I'm not, uh, I'm not faith. How are the women that you are texting, how, how are they holding up? You know, one of my jobs to, to fill them with light and hope 
and love and let them know they're valuable. We see them. We hear them. Their lives matter. I'm constantly infusing them with those kind of words. And they just say, you know, this is giving us energy to go on. This is giving us hope. And we just want to be a witness for Christ uh, to these women as well, just by loving them and letting them know that they're important. They're very important to us. So um, it's it's tragic what they're going through, but um, it's not over yet. Okay. It's not over. Um, there's a long way to go. And we are with you in the long haul, Allison. Thank you so much. God bless you. Thank you, Glenn. Bye-bye. You bet. Bye-bye. I will tell you, the one thing that really, really is so very obvious is where are the rest of Americans? Where are they? Where, where are the... I know Quentin Tarantino um, raised a couple of million dollars to get people out, and I commend him, and I would... I strongly dislike, you know, uh, the people he hangs with, but I'd help him in any way if he can get people out of there. Um, we have to work together. But where is the National Organization of Women? Where is, where is the, uh, all these so-called civil rights organizations that, that tout that they care so much about women and children and minorities and, and all these poor people that are coming across the border? Where are they? Where are they? You know, this isn't just putting people on a plane. These people are vetted. We know who these people are. Is that the problem? Is that it? Where is Jack from Twitter? I am, I have been astounded at the things that I can find from the Taliban itself online. And I, I don't have a problem with it. I like to know what they're thinking. I like to know what they're saying. I don't want them kicked off, but you kick Donald Trump off and you won't kick the Taliban off? Well, they haven't violated, uh, you know, any of our rules. Your rules, they're violating basic human rights. Again, I don't want you to kick them off. But out of all the people in America you've kicked off, you leave the Taliban on. Oh, okay. You couldn't find a way to get the internet to the people of Cuba. I swear to you, when this internet goes down and our high-tech uh, corporations don't find a way to bring the internet back to the people who, uh, some of them American citizens, who are just trying to get out. If you don't find a way to put the internet back on for those people in Afghanistan, I, I, I don't, I, you're an enemy of the people. You're the enemy of humanity. You are working with China to oppress people and help them put Uyghurs into concentration camps. You're helping them do it. You're helping them build a social uh, a social score so people can be kept off of buses and trains and planes out of shopping malls because they're not one with the party you're building that with them you couldn't find a way to support the people in cuba you couldn't find a way to 
to find and to help the people in Afghanistan? You people are despicable. Silicon Valley, you're despicable. You're on the wrong side. You're on the wrong side of good versus evil, and you're on the wrong side of history. History will record the names of people who are standing up for people in danger because of who they are or what they believe. You think that conservatives don't care about, you know, oh, they don't, we don't care about gay people. Really? I'm the guy. I'm the guy that went to uh, the, um, the, what's the big gay group in, uh, in New York? The big representing Stu. What's the, the, the group that I went to? And, you know, it's the Gay Alliance. I have whatever so it many is. jokes to go to right now, and I can't, I can't get the actual name uh, uh, to you. Yeah. I, glad is, I think, what you're thinking of. Glad, glad, mm-hmm. glad. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's, how, that's how unimportant they are now. Glad. Where's, where's Glad? You don't care about, you know, conservatives don't care about gay people. I went to Glad and I said, look, my audience will kill me for standing with you. But I'll stand with you if you will stand against the mullahs. We can disagree on wedding cakes and everything else, but we have to stand about what is happening in Iran to gay people. They had no interest no interest. These so-called civil rights groups are shams. Where are Where is the National Organization of Women standing up for all of the women in Afghanistan? Where are you? Where are your planes? Where are your donations? Where are your voices? Where are the signs printed by a union, strangely, as you stand up in front of the State Department or march in front of the White House? Nowhere to be found because you are on the wrong side. You don't actually care. Well, I hope the rest of the world sees America for the actual Americans that are standing up. Our government is not us. Our government has separated itself from us and from what we believe a long time ago. America is represented now by its people. And the people are crying out for justice and safety. We are crying out to not leave our own behind. We are crying out for a military that actually has some balls and does the right things. Back in a minute. All right, it's back to school again. New teachers, new friends, new indoctrinations. Yay, it's going to be great, kids. There's 33 new genders. Marxism is great. God is dead. And of course, everything sucks because of the free market and racism. Well, the racism probably comes from the free market and those darn founders. Ah, to be young again. Unfortunately, the stuff taught all over the country right now is that kind of crap. So what can you do? Well, here's something. Teach your kids about democracy. Tell them about the republic. Teach them about the free market. The best way I know to save our country is to teach truths. And a great way to do that is to teach the Tuttle Twins books. Your kids and your grandkids will learn about liberty, but in a fun and interesting way. I mean... 
when they're learning about Austrian economics, yeah, that sounds boring, but actually the Tuttle Twins have made it interesting and something that they can actually learn and understand. You might even learn something yourself. Tuttle Twins, have, they're having a crazy back-to-school sale right now. It's a massive socialism inoculation kit. It has all of the books, the parent guides, the activity books, the audiobooks, all for less than the normal cost of just the books. They are taking a 70% discount. That's off the normal price, 70% off at TuttleTwinsBeck.com. This week only, get the ultimate bundle to keep your kids sane in this socialized world. It's TuttleTwinsBeck.com. You are listening to the Glenn Beck Program. We're going to join Glenn in the Middle East again in just a moment. If you haven't heard the update, we're up near $30 million raised to rescue vulnerable, threatened Christians out of Afghanistan, vetted Christians and other religious minorities to be taken to third-party nations through the Nazarene Fund. It's incredible the work you've done so far. The Nazarenefund.org. It's the Glenn Beck Program. Hello, America, and welcome to the Glenn Beck Program. We are live in the Middle East, and I'll tell you why we're here and give you an update on what's happening in Kabul in 60 seconds. Well, here's something interesting that just happened in the world. A company named Palantir. It just bought $50 million in physical gold to prepare for a black swan event. Now, why is this important? Well, Palantir, in case you don't know, they are an expert company on data, analytics, and forecasting. And they're used by hedge funds and banks and financial firms, including Morgan Stanley, Merck, Airbus, Fiat, Chrysler, whole bunch of people, and the United States intelligence community also uses Palantir for forecasting. And they just loaded up on physical gold, $50 million in physical gold. Hmm. Do they know something we don't know? Signs are a massive financial crisis is coming. The world always returns to gold and silver. Please protect yourself. Goldline has extended their free silver bar offer while supplies last. Through the end of this week, with any and all qualifying orders, you're going to receive that bar at no cost. So call them right now. 866-GOLDLINE. That's 866-GOLDLINE, or go to goldline.com. This is the Glenn Beck Program. I am live from a country in the Middle East that will remain nameless uh, just because of the security issues, and also the countries in the Middle East do not want to be known for helping uh, Afghanis escape. Um, can we play the video that I released early right at the beginning of this broadcast? You can find it on, um, on my um, Instagram page. There you see the American citizens being transported by the United States. Um, and here you see uh, the Airbus 380. That is our airplane. And that is being loaded with... Um, 
refugees. These are families, moms, dads, children. Uh, these are Christians, not entirely Christians, as we are opening it up to other people that have been. Um, I mean, if an American wants to get onto our plane, they can get onto our plane. If somebody with, um, uh, with the right credentials wants to get onto our plane, they will. We're also helping um, the, um, the members of the Supreme Court and the court system that are women to get out. These judges are amazing women. And we're helping them uh, get out. It is sunset now. It's at night. Things are going to start to... Um, slow down, uh, although they didn't last night while I was on a plane. Um, we had to land. I've been flying since about this time yesterday, uh, and uh, we had to land in, um, in Ireland to refuel, and uh, I just got an update. It had to be in the middle of the night in Ireland. Nothing was going on, but I had a feeling nothing really goes on in Ireland. In Ireland, uh, it was about two in the morning, and we got an update. Uh, and I saw some pictures uh, at night. I don't know if we have those pictures up that we can show the TV audience if you're watching on Blaze TV. But uh, we loaded another plane. I think we have about 1,700 people out in the last 24 hours. Uh, we can do so much more, so much more. But the things on the ground are beginning now to fall apart. There are reports now that there are people who helped our military uh, during the war that are coming to the air base uh, or the airport and coming with letters from the military, correctly identifying them as people who helped, but on the wrong letterhead and are being removed from the airport. Uh, not able to get on yeah. the planes. Yes. This is real? This is a, yeah, this is a cluster. I mean, one hand doesn't know what the other hand is doing. That's incredible, though. I mean, I, that's the whole point it, it, of sorry, this. I'm so tired. Um, <laughs> the, the, they, yeah, they don't have any idea what they're doing. They're not working together. The State Department is a complete failure because this isn't what they do. The, the military does this kind of stuff. Um, the good news is, is that, um, you know, we found that the military had airlifted a guy who's on, you know, a top 10 terror list. Um, and when he got down, so you know, these people are, they might just get onto the airport and get past a lot of stuff. But once they're landing. Yeah, it's tougher. Uh, in these other countries, mm -hmm. we are we are finishing the work to vet. And when I say we, I mean the United States government. You guys are not, there's that, this is a totally different group of people that you're dealing with. Um, yes. But yes, yes. It, it, like that's, that's one of the things they keep talking about is they're bringing them largely to just different U.S. air bases. And Correct. they can go through and do the sorting process there. Uh, there is a, um, a, uh, a report that the White House is now upset. They're upset. Uh, at the way the media is handling the coverage of this, uh -huh. because as really? you, and I will say, like this, someone mentioned on Twitter, and I think this is the right way to think about it. In, in some ways, this is the golden age of the media right now. I've I've never seen them handle a story so well for a multiple week period. Now, I assume this is going to turn around, 
and they're going to start saying they're probably going to start listening to the White House. But what the White House wants is they want props on Afghanistan. This is what Politico was reporting. Um, they have uh, they say in a span of the week, the White House went from a str- uh, struggling to explain a rapidly deteriorating situation in Afghanistan to beating its chest. Top Biden officials and administration allies have begun aggressively touting the success of their evacuation efforts in the war-torn country, offering frequent updates on the number of evacuees. They've framed the operation as historic in line with the Berlin airlift. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. First of all, it is historic. Mark my words. Mm. It is historic. Um, But as people that are on the ground know, um, this is an absolute it's an absolute cluster. I mean, <laughs> you know, I hate to bring up, I hate to bring up that um, ISIS and Al Qaeda now have effectively shut the airport uh, gates. That we can't get anybody in and out of the gates now because they have shut that. But now that was just, I mean, I don't even know why I bring that up. That was just five minutes ago. And five minutes ago was so long ago, I'm sure they're getting things under control now. Why are we harping on things like that? This is, it is deteriorating at a rapid speed. It may not make it to Saturday. Uh, help me with this, Glenn, because I've seen this framing often from, from the, the White House and even the media, which is we had a situation where as of August 1st, our plan was to have an embassy in Kabul with a uh, with a with an Afghan army d- d- um, protecting that city until who knows maybe a year maybe two years maybe five years down the line maybe the Taliban takes over maybe they don't we'll see what happens that was our plan as of August first okay now we are withdrawing these troops and we keep hearing this framing of Biden's timeline of August thirty first however. What we've seen between August 1st and August 31st is the Taliban taking over the entire country, the Taliban telling us that if we go a minute past August 31st, they're going to, they can't control themselves. Who knows what will happen? Hostages could be taken. People could be killed. Planes may not be able to, to land safely. Uh, and then the Biden coming on television and all of the White House officials saying, like, we're going to do everything we can to get out by uh, August 31st. We, we're going to try. We're going to try to get everyone that wants to leave from Afghanistan that's American because, you know, there's lots of Americans who want to hang out. You know, still they have gym memberships. They don't want to you know, they may expire and, and they don't want to uh, they want to make sure they get every day out of their membership. All this nonsense as if there's people that want to stay in Afghanistan. This is not Biden's deadline. This is a deadline that the Taliban is setting for us, is it not? Oh, it absolutely is. And we had the director of uh, the CIA meet in a secret meeting yesterday um, about the deadline. And he came out and said, nope, there's no change on the deadline. We're absolutely, you know, August 31st. And uh, we're just abiding by that deadline. Even though the G7 begged begged the United States and said, don't, please don't hold to this. Please, we can't get everybody out in time. It's not, it's not working. Please, the G7, the seven biggest Western economies all begged, please 
don't do this. Mm. And we did it anyway. Because our word is our bond. Well, is it? Is it? Because I thought our word was to people who worked with us, we won't leave you behind. And our I thought that was our word. Our word in June to our allies was to say, we will stay and ensure Kabul's stability so you can keep your embassy there to people like the UK. You can keep your personnel there because we're going to protect you. In June, we guaranteed that to our allies. Now you see what the situation... Yeah, but how old were you in June? I know. <laughs> I mean, I don't even remember. I was like, it was like I was five years old back then. And, and to show you how pathetic this is from the Biden administration, remember the um, the initial deadline was May. So this is after the deadline. They're going to our, our, our partners and saying, hey, of course, we're going to ensure stability of Kabul. And that has now completely fallen apart. What does this mean, do you think, f- for our allies? Like, what? It, how do they look at us and how do they react after this? They don't trust us at all Hmm. um i mean i'm 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 interested to talk to people um here in the middle east that are not from america who are allies of ours um they don't trust us at all they won't trust us from here on out um joe biden has destroyed the reputation they may not have liked donald trump because you know he was crazy or he was, you know, tough on them. Whatever, whatever the spin is, they didn't like him. And they liked Joe Biden because they thought it would be business as usual. But it's not business as usual. This is not America. This is America creating a gigantic vacuum. Um, our allies are wondering in Taiwan, is America even going to stand? And Taiwan, the answer is no. As long as this president is president, the, the answer is no. We will not send in anybody to help you. And maybe that's what people want, but that's not the way to do it. You don't just pull out of the world. It will collapse. Um, if the next time there is a September 11th, good luck trying to get the world to stand with us. We have betrayed them. Uh, we have uh, we have made them look like fools. They've done everything that we've that we've asked them to do, and now we just ditch them and say, "Hey, you're on your own, guys." It's it's reprehensible, absolutely reprehensible. This is an impeachable offense. This is America has to decide: is this is this who we are? Is this what we want? Because I got news for you, you you have no security, none. If the United States is negotiating with a terrorist organization and they won't allow us to get even our own people out, I don't care what the Pentagon says. Oh, we're going to be out. We're not going to. We'll have all our people. That's a lie. There's no way to do it. There's no way to do it. You can't get the people to the airport. And it will be a hostage situation. There will be. And we're going to pay mightily for this, not only in Afghanistan, but all throughout the world. Back in a minute. Guess what? It's a day that ends in Y. And you know what that means. It means it's the perfect day to cook delicious steaks and ribs and, I guess, vegetables for your friends and family on the Rectech. Do you want to smoke a brisket until it melts in your mouth? 
Rectech's got you covered. How about hot dogs, burgers, that thick, juicy steak you've been dreaming about all day, maybe all week, because I have been dreaming one all week long. Rectech is there for you. And if you want to try something crazy and bake something outdoors, continue to be impressed because, my friends, Rectech will do that to perfection as well. It's got a smart grill technology, which means that it controls the heat perfectly all throughout the cooking process. You can monitor everything on an app from your home or your device, and the Rectech will take care of the rest. Up your grilling game now in the new age of smart technology with Rectech, R-E-C-T-E-Q. Check them out now. R-E-C-T-E-Q dot com. Rectech dot com. All right, let's pause for 10 seconds. Station ID. This is the Glenn Beck program live from the Middle East. Stu is typically at home because he's a little girl. And uh, doesn't ever like to leave the safety and comfort of his own home. Sorry for liking America, Glenn. I apologize for my patriotism. (laughs) (laughs) You know, I I will Uh, say you do realize when you travel around the world, especially uh, to the Middle East, that mm. we do have problems here in the United States. But I'd still choose them over the problems in the rest of the world every single time. Every single time, every single time. I'm just sitting here. Um, you know, we have um, we have black security vans that we didn't ask for, um, but I'm sure this country just really cares about our security so very much. It's nice of them. Um, but yeah, but they're um, they followed us from the airport, and uh, no real reason uh, for them to be sitting right outside of our door, but they are, um, and. Uh, uh, you know, it's just in, in this part of the world, you know, I had to ask, can I bring my Bible with me? Can I, what can we say? What can't we say? Uh, it is, it's a, it's a different world, a really different world. Without uh, uh, giving anything away about ahead. your location, of course, knowing your location, there's not a reason you could possibly drive you know it's like one of these things where you wouldn't they wouldn't just show up where you are like it would have to be intentional no No, it's not like there's a you know a nightclub or a or an fbi style office Right. right down the street there's no reason why these two black vans are sitting in front of our place so but uh, we love it. We love it. We love it. Yeah, there's nothing like that. So, uh, Glenn, have, the latest you've heard is we are approaching $30 million when it comes to total donations. Is that right? Yeah, I haven't had an update. I, I got one right when I got off the plane, and it was, I think, I think it was $3,000 shy of $30, $30 million. Um, Money is not the problem. Prayers uh, are deeply, deeply, deeply needed. Um, and we are also working with others. I'm trying to get some of the other groups that we're working on now or working with um, to, um, uh, to uh, come on the show because you need to know the names of all these, police, these people that are doing amazing things here, uh, trying to get people out of harm's way. There's, there's lots and lots of people from America 
that are putting their resources, their time, their talent. There's a lot of people that have been over in Afghanistan that are now volunteering their time to get back in there and find these people. Uh, I think you're going to hear story. You're going to hear really bad stories, um, but you're also going to hear some really amazing stories of people risking their lives to uh, to help others. And I firmly believe the the best way for us to save our country is to save our souls. And the best way to save our souls is to get outside of us and help others. And you know, if you could if you could adopt these people in your minds as your person, your son, your daughter, uh, your mom, your dad, uh, and start caring about them in that way, it would be um, a big improvement. Do you have any indication as to the differences between evacuating people out of Afghanistan in the middle of this crisis and the previous efforts of the Nazarene Fund, which largely were around you know, Iraq and Syria with the rise of ISIS. Is it, do we have any, what, what are the like more difficult, less difficult? Do we have any sense of that? Yeah, I think this is more difficult um, because this is a known effort. You know, there, there are so many trying to get out and the Taliban knows others are inside of the country trying that, you know, might look like me trying to get them out. Um, you know, we could fly a helicopter or whatever and not be spotted as knowing exactly what they're trying to do uh, when we were over in Syria and Iraq, and Iraq. This one, I think, is much, much more difficult because... ISIS is there and the Taliban is there and they know who we're looking for. Well, what you said is really concerning because if we're sending in people that look like you to to rescue these people, I want my money back. Uh, I think America wants their money back. Uh, this yeah. is not I mean, we're going in and we're, you know, <laughs> we're just over the border and we're like, I got to sit down for a minute. I mean, this has been a long journey so far. <laughs> Glenn, you're still in the airport. I know. Slow down. Let's sit down for a minute. This is the Glenn Beck Program. I'd be willing to pay more money for lower cell quality phone service if it meant not giving money to the big mobile companies that support awful things like Planned Parenthood. Not to speak is to speak. Not to stand is to stand. We know we know what they're doing. But what if you didn't have to pay more? In fact, you'd be paying less. And what if instead of lower quality service, you could get the same cell service because they're all on the same towers anyway? Here's the good news. The service you're looking for is Patriot Mobile. Not only do they have affordable and customizable plans that can fit any budget for any family, but they also have great service, superior customer service, and maybe most importantly of all, they donate a portion of your bill to conservative American causes. The choice is clear. Go to PatriotMobile.com slash Beck. That's PatriotMobile.com slash Beck. Go there now and save 972-PATRIOT or PatriotMobile.com slash Beck. It's blazetv.com slash Glenn. The promo code is Glenn for 10 bucks off your subscription to Blaze TV. We hear from a voice from inside Congress coming up next. 
This is the Glenn Beck Program. I'm live from the Middle East. Our uh, producer said, you know, it looks like you're um, looks like you're just in a Motel 6, uh, you know, in Dallas. And I'm like, well, would you like me to show you the the security detail from the Middle East that's been following us outside? I don't we are not supposed to say where we are. Um, I'm not I'm not even sure we're supposed to be broadcasting, but uh, hey, it just happened. It's one of those things. Uh, but we want to protect this uh, country that uh, is being gracious to let us in and taking so many refugees. Um, I just got a notice from the government a few minutes ago that I don't know. I doubt it's going to be tonight um, because it is already, what is it, 9 o'clock here, 10 o'clock at night? It is <laughs> 7.35. So it's uh, 7.30 at night. Uh, and, um, uh, but I'm going to go meet with some of the people that we have, uh, freed in. I can't bring cameras. I can't bring anything but myself. So I hope to be able to bring that story to you by this time tomorrow. Representative Chris Stewart is with us now, um, in Washington, DC. Hi, Chris. How are you? Good morning, Glenn. I'd say, hey, thank you. God bless you for you and the Nazarene Fund and the, you know, the hundreds of thousands of people, maybe more, who've contributed. Uh, it, that kind of effort is what's so important right now. Yeah. Chris, um, I, I was uh, talking to Richard Grinnell about an hour ago about this debacle, and the White House is, is, is now saying to the press that they're demanding, uh, you know, a, a little you know, a little pat on the back for how well this is going now. I don't think I've ever seen anything worse than this, and it gets worse by the hour. Yeah, this is, this is a generational failure. Glenn, I really believe that just like we see pictures of Saigon evacuation at the helicopter at the top of the embassy, and every American knows what that is, even though it took place 50 years ago, 50 years from now, our grandkids will see pictures of those 800 Afghans in that C-17, and they're going to know instantly what it is. This will be remembered, and it's not going to be remembered as a great success for President Biden. It will be remembered as a, a, the greatest failure in a generation, and how they can try to twist this and try to turn the narrative that they should be congratulated. Well, it's beyond description, but American people aren't that stupid. And they're not looking at this thinking, man, they've done a great job. And even the press, for heaven's sakes, recognize it. Now, I expect, and I'll bet you do as well, the press will eventually turn on this and try to create the impression that it was handled well. No way in the world they're going to be able to pull that off. It's just such a catastrophe. It can't be reframed as anything other than that. Do you believe that, you know, we're pulling troops out beginning today, today, the the airport is a mess. There are pictures now of people standing in, you know, knee deep in sewage, um, just trying to get close to the gate to to show their passports, to show their papers that they should be let into the gates. Um, and the White House says we'll have everybody out. We'll have everybody out that, yeah. you know, a U.S. citizen. Uh, do you believe that? No, of course I don't. I don't think there's a person in the world who believes that, except for perhaps President Biden. And if he does, he is the only one. But we've already begun the wind down. 
we talk about the August 31st deadline as if, uh, you know, at 12 o'clock on that day, all U.S. forces just click their, uh, you know, click their heels and, and they are transported back to the U.S. We have already begun the drawdown. As you know, 300 Marines who were embassy security forces, who, by the way, Glenn, are Marines, they know how to fight. I can promise you those guys didn't want to be evacuated. They wanted to stay there with their brothers and do what they could to help the situation. But yesterday, 300 Marines brought down. And if you just look at the timeline, and this is blazingly obvious, but it's something that needs to be, uh, I think, discussed. We have 6,000 U.S. forces there now. Six days to be able to draw them out and counting. It, it takes at least three days now to begin and to focus on those security forces. And by the way, withdrawing forces when they're surrounded and when they're outnumbered and when they're outgunned, by the way, now, because those, the Taliban has, as you know, billions of dollars of U.S. weapons. That is an incredibly delicate and a very dangerous operation. And it has to be done over time. So I think the focus uh, over the next really six days, but particularly in the last three days, will be on just that, getting the U.S. military out. And there's no way in the world you're going to get out all the American citizens. And there's no way in the world we're going to get out those Afghans who, with great courage and commitment, believed us when we said, we will not abandon you. Work with us, work as interpreters, work in whatever fashion you can to help us. We will not abandon you. And that is exactly what we're doing to them right now. Chris, you're one of the best fiction writers. I've, I, I know you're, you're a great writer. And you also write nonfiction books. Um, but uh, just, just write a little fiction with me here for a second. It's, it's two months, I'm sorry, it's uh, two weeks from now. Are we going to be seeing and dealing with hostages? Well, I think that depends if you talk to White House spokeswoman. It uh, depends on what the definition of a hostage is at that point, right? Just like some of the other definitional battles they've had. But if you were an American or if you were an Afghan who has been promised that they will be evacuated and you're no longer able to do that and you're under <clears throat> the power and uh, and and have no no ability to uh, to remove yourself that seems to me like a hostage now whether the taliban actually holds a gun to their head and uh, says you can't leave or if they just shut down every method of leaving any any means of leaving it's the same outcome uh and and the great fear and this is obvious i think it's the one thing that everyone understands the taliban could in a moment sorry the taliban could in a moment say these are our hostages. They could put guns to their head, which is why, mm-hmm. by the way, Glenn, two days ago or yesterday, the president went to the Taliban and says, hey, we need more time than August 31st. They said no. And the president came back and said, oh, good. Well, I've announced we're going to leave on August 31st. It's because he has that great fear of these Americans and these Afghans being held hostage. And why did we send the CIA chief over to meet with the Taliban yesterday? What was that all about? You know, that really is kind of an unusual occurrence. And working in Intel, it was puzzling to many of us. I think uh, this is my observation on this, um, and I think it's probably right. Uh, I think he's one of the few people around the president that he probably trusts right now, uh, because that's not normally it's CIA's purview. I mean, normally, that'd be someone from state who would be involved with that, perhaps with some military detail assigned to him. But uh that was an interesting thing, and I honestly don't don't understand the explanation for it, and we haven't been provided with one. Jeez, oh, and you're on the intelligence uh, committee. You're oversight on that. Um, the um, uh, the embassy. 
we left Bagram and just left it, turned off the lights. Um, I, can't, I don't even understand it. We built a billion-dollar embassy. There's got to be things in there that we don't want other people to have, and I certainly don't want to have the Taliban allow them to have our billion-dollar building. Are we going to blow that up? Yeah. Well, yeah, I, I don't know. But, I mean, I can tell you this. The former president made it very, very clear on a number of occasions, and he po- spoke about this publicly, and he was adamant about it in private. We will take every American citizen. We will take every Afghan ally. Then we will withdraw U.S. troops. Second thing, we will not leave them a single stick of equipment. And, uh, and as you know, <laughs> we've left them billions of dollars. And Bagram was a great example of that. It's a very secure location. Now, it's difficult to evacuate people from because it's isolated and it's nearly impossible to get U.S. citizens and Afghan allies to Bagram. So there is that, and there's, and there's that's understand why we wanted to protect Kabul and use that as a primary resource. But to your point, Glenn, about the, uh, the facility, the building, the equipment that's there, and unfortunately, we know classified information that was left there. Uh, to abandon that overnight without any explanation to our allies, by the way, who are also relying on Bagram for much of their support, uh, and the explanation is, well, we couldn't uh, protect both of them. Then adapt your plan. If you can't protect a resource that you need, adapt the military operation so that you can you can't just turn out the lights, as you said, in the middle of the night and leave it for the, for the Taliban. I don't know if you saw this, but um, Kamala Harris was in Vietnam yesterday and her plane was delayed. I haven't heard an update on this. I've been on a plane all night, um, but um, her plane was delayed because of the Cuba syndrome, what they're calling the Cuba syndrome. Some people, they didn't say who, um, that were was on her uh, junket over there were affected by something that we only identify as the Cuba syndrome, some sort of a ray from somebody targeting her hotel rooms and her staff's hotel rooms. Uh, I can't imagine that that would have happened just even a few weeks ago uh, to a vice president. But do we know if she's okay, what happened, and who would be responsible for something like that? Yeah, this is, this is what we know and, and, and that I think I can discuss. Uh, the Savannah syndrome, or Cuba syndrome, as you talk about, we've been aware of it now for probably three years or just short of three years. There are not just a few. There are hundreds of people who have been, we believe, who have been attacked by this. We think we understand what kind of weapon it is. It should frighten the life out of every American to think that diplomats and members of the U.S., leaders of the U.S. government can't travel overseas safely any longer if this is to continue. Uh, so with uh, the vice president, it was, as, again, as I understand, it was uh, a couple of diplomats who were in the Hanoi embassy who had uh, were showing symptoms of this the symptoms are fairly consistent they're long term this isn't an imaginary thing this is an actual physical manifestation and uh and we have no way to counter it and and no way to identify when an attack is taking place again it puts every one of our diplomats every one of our military every government person and civilian as well glenn you could be a, a target of this potentially anyone overseas uh, and and you have no idea when or how it takes place. It really is a concern for us that the, originally the CIA didn't take it nearly as serious as they needed to. They take it very, very seriously now. But we've got an awful long way to go before we understand this and are able to protect U.S. persons from such an attack. So who do we think 
is responsible for this? I mean, China, Russia, either? Well, take your pick. Um, and, you know, the information on that is, is fairly closely held, and it's understandable. But, okay. uh, you know, there's a number and of allies you, can, that uh, are... Can you tell me, can you tell me um, uh, how it works? I mean, can you tell me, is it a... What are the symptoms? How long does it last? Is it deadly? Yeah, it's not deadly in the sense it doesn't kill you. There's a number of possible explanations, a microwave, an intense microwave, a couple other possible uh, scientific explanations. The the symptoms are <clears throat> everything from nausea to uh, disorientation, severe headaches, uh, you know, dizziness, et cetera, et cetera, long-term loss of memory. And, and, and again, this is something you can physically demonstrate through uh, an examination. It's not, you know, it's not something just imaginary. It's not something where they can scan the body and the brain and say, no, we see no evidence of it. They actually do see evidence of it. It's physical. And some of the, some of the earlier uh, individuals who were, uh, who were victims of this, it's been now years, and they still experience many of these symptoms. So it's not something wow. that hits you in the night and the next day you feel better. Many of these symptoms have been prolonged and, as I said, have been uh, ongoing ever since the, the original attacks. Act of war kind of stuff if we knew exactly who it was, wouldn't it? Attacking the it people be, with our vice president? It would be, and it's not the only type of that kind of scenario where we, you know, we're in this kind of a gray zone. I mean, look, some of the cyber attacks uh, against us, uh, you know, certainly yeah. aggressive acts, whether they're acts of war or not. It depends on, you know, where you want to draw the line. But it's not the only uh, indication or the only example of us being at risk. Chris Stewart, thank you so much. God bless. Please, uh, you, please keep fighting for us uh, in Washington and with the State Department and the military to Get these people out. We're there and oh. we need your support. Thank you, Chris. Oh, we, we will do that. Promise you, we will do that. Thank you for everything you do, Glenn. You got it. Back in a minute. Michael lives in Arizona. He writes in about his experience with Relief Factory. He says, I have never experienced a product that has made such a huge difference in the way that I feel. I, I had daily headaches due to stiffness from hard work and old age. They have completely, underlined disappeared. I feel 20 years younger. Relief Factor has absolutely changed my well-being, and I recommend it to anybody suffering from aches and pains. Thank you, Glenn, so much for recommending it. Michael, I'm glad you had this experience. I know how much Relief Factor has helped me with my own pain and how much it continues to do so. I take it three times a day still. You're going to know if it works for you in three weeks. Get the three-week quick start. If it works for you, continue to take it. If it doesn't, uh, stop taking it. And about 30% of the people who try it uh, stop taking it. 70% go on to order more. Go to relieffactor.com or call 800-500-8384. 800-500-8384. It's relieffactor.com. This is the Glenn Beck Program. Sort of a perplexing tweet from Lawrence O'Donnell. Uh, he, of course, is the MSNBC host. I think he still hosts a show there, doesn't he? I think he does. I'm not 100% sure on that, but he used to be at least an M MSNBC host. And he tweets um, this comparison, I think, trying to brag about the administration's performance. He notes, uh, evacuated from Afghanistan after Kabul fell, 70,700 
evacuated from Vietnam after Saigon fell, zero. Now, it was my understanding you tried to evacuate your people before the city falls. Am I wrong on that? Is that... Am I thinking about this incorrectly? My thought was, if you are at, let's see, at all competent, you get your people out of the country before it falls into catastrophe. You don't brag about how many people you left there and then were forced to evacuate after the city fell. Am I not getting this? I, the world is upside down. And now that the administration is attempting to take to the media a case that they deserve credit for what a wonderful job we have. It's more important than ever that we know the facts. 888-727-BECK is the phone number. We'll talk to you tomorrow. This is the Glenn Beck Program.